Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Now y'all ready for a word? All right, because I'm ready to preach. Joshua chapter 1. You don't even have to dig deep in Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Read something like this. I told you my wife preached about the beginning of Moses' life. I'm going to preach about the end. Joshua 1, verses 1 through 3, read something like this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. If you believe that God wants to give you every place you set your foot, I need you for the next 10 seconds to give God the craziest shout. You say everywhere I step is mine. Everywhere I go is my territory. There is nothing that I cannot conquer. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. It's mine because I claim it's mine. If you believe it, say man. Some of you don't have it because you don't claim it. But everywhere I put my foot is my territory. It belongs to me in Jesus' name. Amen? I could end right now. And that would be enough. But I got something for somebody in this room that needs it. So if you're taking notes, you can find the notes on the app. If you got the app, if you're online, thank you for joining us. You can you know, get all the notes on the app. If you got your Bibles, use your Bibles. If you got your phones, use your phones. I don't care. You need to get this word. And on the app, if you need the notes, all like I said, all the notes are there. But if you want to give this a title, I've entitled this message this. Rent to Own. Rent to Own. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every human that would be in this room right now. And God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. Open hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, I pray for the person that feels stuck in this season. God, let them know that better seasons are ahead, but the best is yet to come. God, I pray for the person that doesn't know you. I pray that by the time this is all said and done, you would reveal yourself to them in a fresh new way. God, I pray that you would transition us from being renters to owners. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said? Everyone said? Take about five more seconds to give God some praise. Come on. Excited to preach. I woke up ready to kick the devil in the face in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all don't like the devil coming after me. First of all, he can't be in the same, he can't be like everywhere at the same time. He is not God. And I'm like, for him to come after you, you really better be causing some trouble out there for the kingdom. But as my mother would say, she always she has so many sayings, and I love this. The devil don't mess with me. And I'm gonna tell you why, because monkeys know which tree to climb. He don't, want, he don't want these Carol City problems. I promise you. I could say that both. Oh, you testing him. No, come at me, bro. Like, I'm, 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 I'm good because he, here's what I know. With everything that I have gone through, that all the times I should have been dead, I'm still here by the grace of God. And if I'm alive, I got purpose. So there is no devil in hell that can stop me from doing what I was born to do in Jesus' name. 
Somebody needs to believe that and stop believing that. Oh, the devil trying to come at, listen, listen, listen. Devil can't stop you from you doing what you were designed to do. I don't even know who that's for, but you can have that, that one's for free. Can I make an honest, can I, can I have like an honest, preaching is like therapy for me. So can I be honest with y'all? Can I admit, can I like admit something to you that's like deep in my core? I hate to move. Like I hate moving. Moving is from the devil. I believe hell will be moving with fire. Like, like I don't like to move. The problem is I have a pickup truck. So because I have a pickup truck, people assume I like to move things. I like to move my thing. Actually, I don't really even like to move my own things. But if I don't even want to move my things, what makes you think I want to move your things? People always ask me, there's a Frank in the back, come on. <laughs> you gotta pick up two, we know. Pick up, hashtag pick up truck problems. People always want you to move their stuff because they assume since you got a vehicle that moves things that you like moving. I despise moving. The last time I moved was about seven years ago and I thought I was slick. I told my homies, I was like, hey man, y'all come help me move, man. I got pizza, I got all this stuff. I thought I took real good care of them. I ain't seen some of them friends in the last seven years. Like you know who your real friends are when you move. Cause if they still your friends after, they your real friends. You know what I when people ask you to move, but they don't tell you like all the stuff that, that, they don't tell you all the stipulations around you moving them. Because like for example, they'll live on a second floor apartment, but the apartment doesn't have an elevator or only has stairs. And they don't tell you that. Like respect me enough to let me know what I'm getting into before I get into it. Got me moving stuff like an old slave talking about waiting the war. I'm like, man, I ain't signed up for this. I ain't signed up for none of this. I despise moving. The last time I moved was seven years ago when me and my wife purchased a home. Praise God. Because when we moved, I despised moving so much because we had moved a few times before. We had been renters for about eight and a half years, right, love? We stayed in two different places, four in one year, four and a half in another. And, and, and like, we just had developed a bunch of stuff. You know how, like, you just somewhere for so long, you just get a bunch of stuff? And I said, I was like, you know what? This time, girl, I'm not moving our stuff. I'm paying Movers, can I tell you, movers are sent from heaven. They are God's children. They are blessed and highly favored. They made my life so much simpler and I was just like, yo, why is it that I despise to move so much. It's the same reason everybody hates moving. Everybody hates moving because you've been in a place so long that you are already comfortable in. And you don't realize how much you have to move until you have to move it. Like it was all kind of nonsense I had in my house I didn't realize I had in my house. You realize it when you have to move it. But here's what I found, as much as we all hate moving, in order to experience a new thing in life, you have to move away from an old thing in life. Like everybody want the new season, everybody wants the new thing, the new job, the new house, the new relationship, the new whatever, but you are scared to move away from the old thing that you're currently in. In order to experience a new thing, you got to move away from an old thing. And I love the passage that I read to you in Joshua chapter 1 because it's about the Israelites. And the reality is they were about to move into the promised land. Moses, who Joanne talked about so well last week, he was at the end of his life. He passed away and, and his apprentice, Joshua, he became the leader of the people and they were waiting on one side 
of the Jordan River because the promised land, the land of Canaan, was on the other side. It was a land filled with milk and honey. The grapes were so large, they were the size of people's heads. Everything that they needed was in this land. But in order for them to get to the land, they had to move from one side to the next side. They had to transition. They had to leave what was comfortable in order for them to receive the promise. And I'll read those verses one more time for you, just so you understand where we are. Joshua 1, 1 through 3 says, After the death of Moses, servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. I found for so many people that it's hard leaving old things because although new things look promising, old things are comfortable. They're so comfortable. I just want somebody to understand, and I don't know who this message is for today. God has not called you to stay in the season that you are in. The very word season dictates that there is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an end. But some people have a tendency to get stuck in seasons because they're comfortable. But God has not designed you to stay in a season. He has called you to evolve. He has called you to grow. He has called you to expand. He has called you to develop in who he has called you to be. And you cannot do that if you get stuck in a season. The truth about moving is it may be hard, it may be difficult, but it is necessary. It's necessary for you to get to where you want to go. And if you can get pat, like, here's the thing, everybody wants new things, they just don't want to do the transitional part to get the new thing. Like, you're sitting here, you want to be here, but you don't want to do what you got to do to get here. You start the new year and you was 10 pounds too heavy because the last two years you were sitting in your house like me. It is now May. And you had made a resolution in January that you was going to be 10, 10 pounds leaner by December. It is now May. You have not even started yet. Why? Because it's hard to start transition. We want the result, but we don't want to transition. And I, I, I just, I want to help somebody today because these are things that, it's not that I, I don't battle with them as much anymore, but man, when you start to be my age, I am 40 now, and when, when you get to my age, you really like start to really gain an understanding of what you are on this earth for. And if you haven't, I'll pray for you. See, I think 20s, you're figuring it out. 30s, you're getting established, but, but by the time you hit 40, you should have a pretty good idea of what God wants to grow through you and the legacy he wants to build through you. So I want, I want to help some people today because I didn't always feel the way that I, I, I feel now. I lived in a long season of my life as a renter. And because I lived like that for so long, and I'm not just talking about renting property, I'm talking about a mentality that people have. I don't think that people just rent property. I think they rent faith. I'm trying to move you from a renter's mentality to an owner's mentality. Because you talk different. You act different. You look different when you're a renter versus an owner. I've lived in renting seasons for a long time, but man, it feels so much better to live in a season of ownership. Now, let's be honest. There's a big difference between renting and owning. There's a huge difference. And I want to just take the next few moments to break this down to you. What's the difference between renting and owning? Like I said, me and my wife, um, seven years ago, before we, we, we moved into our home, that we own, we rented for about eight and a half years and we moved around from place to place to place. And I'm not gonna lie, there was a season in my life where I thought I'd rent forever. I was like, man, this is, this is dope. Like, 
Like, I get to live in the place, but I don't have all the responsibilities. If something break, I just call the landlord. Sucks if you got a slumlord. If something break, I call the landlord. They got to fix it. I loved it because, like, when we were renting, we had, like, all these amenities. Why'd I say it like that? Amenities. And there was a pool. There was a gym. It was so, it was nice. It was nice. I, I liked it, man. It was, it was, it was awesome. Like, you know, you know what I love? Like, the place was low maintenance. Like, we didn't have a lawn. We had a patio. All I had to do was, like, water my plant once a week. It's like, look at my foliage. I had to do nothing major to it because it wasn't mine. So I, 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 I lived in such a way where I was like, man, I don't know if I'll ever leave this type of lifestyle because this is easy. You know what? I don't like this. When my lease is done, guess what? I can go somewhere else. I'm out. Like, why you talk bad about a place you've been too long just because you left? It was the greatest thing in the world when you was there. You leave, pfft, trash. And why you do that? You loved it when you was there. I mean, I, I loved the rental lifestyle because I had everything at my fingertips and I didn't have to worry about stewarding it or maintaining it because it wasn't mine. It was someone else's. You know what I realized, though, in renting? You can rent for so long that you can talk yourself out of owning anything. I didn't rent for eight and a half years by choice. I began to believe the lies I was telling myself about ownership. Oh, it's easier this way. Oh, it's better this way. Some people have rented for so long that they begin to talk themselves out of owning things. Like, you date so long, you talk yourself out of marriage. Oh, that ain't for me. And then you start pulling up all the negative stats, 50% of marriages end in divorce. It's like, shut up. I'm 15 years strong. Girl, I want another 50 with you. Let's go. talking about 50% of marriages in divorce. You're talking about divorce before you ever even got a ring on your finger. We don't even say that word no man. Like we don't even talk, we don't even talk like that. Till death do us part. She's gonna have to kill me. And if she leave me, I'm going with her. Day so long you talk yourself out of marriage. Oh, it's not for me. Huh. You in a position at your job for so long, you're nine to five, that you've talked yourself out of owning a business. This is steady. This gives me my benefits. <laughs> now, 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 now listen, man, I'm not, I'm not knocking nine to fives and I'm not knocking working for folks, man. Listen, everybody can't own everything. The world doesn't work that way. If we were all owners, then no one would ever get anything done. We'd just be looking at each other. But there are people that you've allowed a dream to die inside of your heart. And it's not because you don't have good ideas. Truth of the matter is, you just may be lazy. Y'all ain't want to hear that, though. Okay, let me go back to the notes. There's more fun stuff to talk about on the notes. Hmm. I know people that have been sick for so long, they've talked themselves out of healing. It's always going to be this way. I'm always, my back's always going to be like this. This cancer, you know what they say about cancer? It's turned, that is defeated in the name of Jesus. Some people walked around with an illness so, so long. Just because you can't see today doesn't mean you can't see tomorrow. The Jesus that I serve, he, he, he opens blind eyes. He heals crippled legs. He was so amazing that he could bring people back from the dead. What makes you think that you're going to be stuck living in a sickness forever when our very God does not just heal? He is healing himself. Stop believing everything a doctor tells you about everything. Yes. Hey, listen, when I'm sick, guess where I go? The doctor. But guess what? When they don't know what else to do, 
I go to the great physician. His name is Jesus. And by his stripes, I am healed, man. Don't, just, just because you're sick today don't mean you got to be sick tomorrow. I don't care if they tell you it's terminal. I don't care if they give you a time limit. Let me tell you something. Our God demands, he, he commands time. He can do whatever he wants to do with you if you allow him and you have the faith to do it. The Bible says by your faith that you are healed. Let me, let me tell you, how, 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 like, and it's just me. I'm, I'm dumb like this, so don't, I'm, I'm going to talk about me. I ain't going to talk about y'all. My back was hurting forever. I ain't tell nobody. I was just like thugging it out. And my, and my wife, my wife, like, babe, I don't know what else to do. And, and we got a bed. We got like a sleep number bed, right? So my side has been like on 30 forever, which means it's like really soft. And she hates rolling over to my side. She's like, it's like a bottomless pit when you roll over there. And the reason I didn't change my sleep number, even though my back was jacked up, is because the remote stopped working. I changed the batteries, I did everything. I tried to order, I tried to order another remote. The remote ain't come. So I slept, y'all don't laugh at me because your pastor's dumb like this. I slept like that for two years. Back was jacked up. My wife made one phone call. Sleep number, listen to her, they ain't listen to me. She had a brand new remote the next day. I put that bed on 100. Can I tell you, I am healed. My back is straight. Yo, I ain't had a back problem since I changed the number on that bed. But if somebody didn't have enough faith to believe I didn't have to stay that way, I'd have been stuck in that situation. My back wasn't the problem. My mind was. Because I didn't want to move. Things did not change. <laughs> Some of you have been hurt so bad by religion, you've talked yourself out of a relationship with Jesus. I hate hearing that word, church hurt. Churches don't hurt people. People hurt people. People in church do some dumb stuff. And I'm sorry, let me apologize for them. But so many of us, because we've had a, 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 a bad interaction with a human, we have pushed away relationship with Jesus. That's not what, that's not the church that Jesus Christ died for. The church that Jesus Christ died for loves everyone. Color, culture, creed, identity choice, loves everyone. That's the church that Jesus Christ died for. But religion doesn't want a church, it wants a club. It wants a bunch of people that are just like one another. That's not even the church I want to go to. I want people that ain't like me so I can see other aspects of God when I look at them. When I see them, I don't want to see myself. I want to see the God in them. But so many church folks are religious and are so only comfortable around people that are just like them instead of people that are a plethora of characteristics of God because he wants to see. He wants us to see the differences in one another so that we can learn something from each other. But people don't want a church, they want a club. Club of people just like them, so people been hurt so bad by religion that they've talked themselves out of a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is not a religion, Jesus is a relationship. Here's the thing about renting, like it may look good for a season, but the biggest issue with it Renting may look amazing in the season, but in the end, it leaves you with nothing. What do you have when you're done renting? You have nothing. What do you have? They give you your deposit back? Well, it was yours. They were just holding it. You ain't get. I, I can't wait till I get my deposit. It was yours. They were just holding They were like a bank. They were just holding it for you. You get nothing when you're done renting. So what broke my renter's mentality? I'm using this metaphor of our actual life to tell you how something in me broke spiritually. What broke my renter's mentality? Eight years ago, when I was a renter, um, and I thought that, you know, I didn't want any grass, I didn't want a lawn, I didn't want none of them problems, I didn't want sprinklers, I didn't want none of that stuff. Eight years ago, me and my wife, believing for a child, 
and uh, we decided to adopt the prettiest little girl on the planet named Valencia Wilson. And when Valencia came into our life, I started looking around in that apartment. And I was like, wait, this ain't gonna work for her. Like, we can't go outside and play on the grass because it's no grass. I, I ain't got room, I ain't got space to take care of this child properly. But what's even worse is that I realized that if I was dead and gone tomorrow, I had nothing to leave to that child because I was a renter. It changed my mentality because I realized with renting, I had no legacy. <laughs> so you realize that though renting works for a season, it's not the promised land. Because though it may be fun, you have nothing to show for it in the end. See, we realized then we got to own something. And no one understands the renter's mentality better than the Israelites. That's why I love, like, the books of Exodus and Deuteronomy and Joshua, because we get to see the Israelites navigate their way through the wilderness. And can I tell you, they have the biggest renter's mentality in all of history. See, before Joshua, who was the second leader of the Israelites, after Moses, before he could ever be an owner, he had to be a renter, and he rented in the wilderness with the Israelites for 40 years before crossing over the Jordan to the promised land. That's what I read to you in Joshua 1, verses 1 through 3. So you ask yourself, 40 years? Like, I rented for eight, and I thought that was long. Why did the Israelites rent for 40 years? Why in the world would they be in the wilderness for so, so long? I believe this next passage I'm about to read to you holds the key. Listen, Numbers. Chapter 13, verses 27 and 28. Moses sends spies out into the promised land. He sends 12. Anybody remember that story? He sends 12 spies to the promised land. 10 come back with a negative report. Two come back with a positive report. Listen to this. It says, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. That's why they got stuck for 40 years. What are, you, what are you saying? Listen to this. The Israelites had enough faith to get out of Egypt, but not enough faith to get into the promised land. Some of y'all got a lot of faith to get out of something, but no faith to get into something. Had all the faith in the world to get out of Egypt, but no faith to get into the promise. And here's what's crazy to me about it. God already told them it was theirs. It wasn't like it's like, hey, y'all go and take this. You, you might get it. No. God says in Numbers 13, chapter 2, send more men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving the Israelites. It's not that I might give you. I am giving the Israelites. The problem is when you rent faith, you know how positive something is, but only choose to talk about the negatives. You know what it is, but you still choose to open up your mouth and give a bad report. I love this. I'm going to read that verse again. Put it back up on the screen. Numbers 13, 27, 28. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land. You can go. Right? It says, to which you sent us, it does flow with milk and honey. You can see, right? Here is the fruit. You can bring back evidence. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. But you don't believe that something that good can be for you. You can go, you can see, you can bring back evidence but you can't believe something that good is for you. This was the problem with the, this is the problem with the renter's mentality as it pertains to faith. You can go to spaces, you can see things, 
You can even bring back evidence, but you don't ever believe that God will do something that amazing for you. Like, if you're going to clap, clap. Don't give me a petty clap. <laughs> you can go to the interview. You can see the amazing opportunity that you have. You even have evidence that the employer likes you, but you don't believe they're going to call you back. That's rented faith. Let me, let me hear some of y'all at home. <laughs> I just want to record that sound and play it on a button whenever I feel like, ouch, me, 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 ouch, okay. You can go on a date. <laughs> you can see they love Jesus. You even got evidence that they're a great person. <laughs> but you don't believe that nice people exist, so you'll settle for a loser that'll treat you bad. Ouch, me, 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 me. <laughs> you go to church. You see something is different about the atmosphere. You even have evidence because you feel better after you were here. But you don't believe that you can have a better life because you're used to things being the way that they've always been. Being negative, man, that's rented faith. Man, I want you to understand so badly that people will speak negativity into situations that are so positive where God's literally showing you an open door. Why do we do that? We do it the same reason that the Israelites did. Numbers 14, verses 2 through 4. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Is this helping somebody? Okay, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if we only had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land? I need another button for that. <laughs> Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Did God say that would happen? Wow. Our wives and children will be taking this plunder. When did God say that? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. You only talk negative even when something's positive because you're so comfortable where you've been and you're scared about where God wants to take you. This is the problem with rented faith. When you get comfortable with where you've been, you make yourself an owner of something you were never designed to own. What did the Israelites make themselves an owner of? Fear. What did they make themselves an owner of? Slavery. They owned slavery and they rejected freedom. So how you know this to be true? There was a, there's a medical, there's a term, a medical term that is coined literally because of the Israelites and their mentality in the wilderness. It's called eleutherophobia. You know what it means? Fear of freedom fear of freedom. They would rather be slaves under Egyptian rule than be free in the wilderness because they had eleutherophobia. That's what renting for too long does. Don't, you cannot be, listen, some people because they live on rented faith, they are so scared of real freedom. Scared of what real freedom will cost you. Here's the truth. Real freedom doesn't cost you anything. It costs Christ everything. 
All you got to do is accept it. Don't be scared to be free from addictions. Let that thing go for whom the sun set free is free indeed. Don't be scared to be free from sex, drugs, lies, alcohol, addiction. Don't be scared to break that bondage. If you accept Jesus Christ and you believe in Jesus Christ, you don't have to have a fear of freedom, but you can put your faith in freedom because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. This is the God I serve. I don't fear being free. Stop living with a slave mentality. You are not a slave. You may have been enslaved, but you are not a slave. Live in the freedom that Christ died for. We are not slaves to sin. We are children of the Most High God. You got to understand. But this is what happens when you rent for too long. When you rent for too long, this is the other thing that can happen for you, and I want you to take note of this. It can make you feel like an owner, so you want to do things that an owner does that you shouldn't do, because it will only make a mess when you try to leave. I told y'all we rented for eight years, and I, I have this personality, if, if, if I'm if I live somewhere or if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Excellence is a spirit. So it doesn't matter if the property's not mine. If I got to live there, if I got to live there, it's going to be dope. It's like I don't understand people with like dirty cars, especially on the inside. It's like, you in there. <laughs> Why your house dirty? You in there. I'll pray for you. <laughs> so... When I get into a place, I want to feel like home, so I start doing stuff. I'm an artist, man, by, by trade. I met my wife at art school, so I, I paint, I draw, I do all these things. So, man, we, let me tell you something. The, the last place we had before we had this house, oh, man, I went all in. I was putting up shelves, all kind of holes in the wall. <laughs> I was painting, and they're doing all kind of ill murals and all kind. It was just, it was wild, man. And I felt good. I was putting up wallpaper, all kind of crazy stuff. And I felt good. Like, I came home, I was like, ah. You get that old man, 40-year-old stance, like when you stand in front of your grass. Ah. Felt good every time I came home because I put everything into this spot. And it was good while I was there, but it was hell when I had to leave. Oh, when I had to leave and I wanted that safety deposit back, which was already mine, by the way, and I wanted that back, I had to take every shelf off. I had to patch every hole. I had to take the wallpaper off of the wall. It was the most annoying process of all time. It was, it was downright messy. I was so, like, the thing that had brought me so much joy aggravated me so much so when I had to leave. Because I was a renter, I realized I was doing too much. Some of y'all be doing too much. Let me sip this. So y'all be doing too much in spaces you don't even own. See, this ain't the message I expect you to clap because he's like, ooh, ooh, that hurt. Ooh, 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 ooh. Some of you doing too much in spaces you have no ownership over. People in dating relationships, you drive me nuts because you come to me and you want counseling and then when I start to get to the real nitty gritty of your issues, you having sex and doing all kinds of nonsense and you get mad when you don't want to be in a relationship no more, but now you got a soul tied to this person. Don't get mad at me for telling you the truth. I ain't telling you to lay down with that person. You living like you married and you ain't married. You living like an owner where you're only a renter. Don't be mad at me. I'm just, I'm just telling you, when you finally decide to leave or if you finally decide to leave, it's going to be really messy. Because you was doing too much. Some of y'all be doing the most. Doing, doing the, the most. You got stuff happening in your life. You got that junk all over social media. You doing the most. 
I ain't got time. That's a whole nother song. <laughs> Not the problem. Some of y'all spend too much time in that same spot. It's time to stop renting and it's time to start owning because God never brought his kids out of Egypt to rent in the wilderness. He brought them out to own in the promised land. God wants you to have ownership. And maybe you feel like you're in Egypt or you feel like you're in the wilderness today because maybe your job ain't working out, your money's funny, your credit won't get it, your friend's ratchet, your relationship's ridiculous and you don't know what to do. Here's what you do, confess something different. You need to change your confession. You see, when Moses sent the 12 spies out, 10 of them came back with a ratchet confession. They too big, we can't overpower them. I don't know, we gonna do Lord Jesus, let's just go back to Egypt and be slaves again. Uh. 10 of them came back like that. After God had already told them, this is your land, go take it. Only two. Joshua and Caleb came back. Caleb says in Numbers 13, 30, we should go up and take possession of the land, but we can certainly do it. I wish somebody had some Holy Ghost confidence and swagger to know that if God told you to do something, you could do it. You ain't even got to worry about all the stuff in between because if he said to do it, it's already done. I love what Joshua says in Numbers 14, 9, and don't be afraid of people of the land because we will devour them. It says, their protection is gone. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. That is a word for somebody in this place today. You scared to step into a new season because you see all this stuff coming against you? Let me tell you, there is no enemy in hell that can stand up to God. Their protection is gone. God is for you. You are more than conquerors, the Bible says. And if God told you to go get it, step into it confidently knowing you already got it in the name of Jesus. You don't have to confess what everybody else is confessing. Oh, we in a time of inflation. I don't care. I'm a prosper in every season. You seen how much this gas cost? You know, I never looked at how much I'm putting in my tank. I just go fill it up. You know why? Because I need to fill it up. So I fill it up and I keep on moving. I'm not worried about what the gas prices are because God always fills up my tank. No, not supernaturally. Practically, there's money in my bank account and I fill up my tank. Why? Because I'm a good steward of everything that God has given me. So I don't talk about the menial problems that everybody else has. I don't deal with those things on a low level. I come at a high level level. I'm above those things. Not because I'm better than anybody. I just steward what the Lord gives me so that those small things aren't even an issue to me anymore. I don't live at that level. I don't have to because I took care of business up front. I changed my confession. I don't even talk about the same things everybody else talking about. You sitting here talking about social media and what's going on in other people's lives that got way more money than you. I ain't got no time for that. I couldn't tell you what's going on with nobody. I could tell you what's going on with Jesus. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Start thinking on a higher plane. Stop confessing the same nonsense everybody else is confessing. It's hard. It's only hard because you say it is. It's a perception. Change your confession. If you don't like your reality, change your confession. Change the confession. You don't have to say what everybody else is saying in the same situation. Ten people thought it was smart to say they couldn't have something that God already told them they can have. Only two were smart enough to say, we got it. It's ours already anyway. Say it with conviction and own all the things that God has in store for you. Look at what Joshua 21, 43 through 45 says. Eventually they did get to the promised land. And it says, so the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave 
all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the Lord's good promises failed. I'm going to read that again. Not one of all the Lord's good promises failed. Not one of all the Lord's good promises failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Our God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he's going to do it. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. He's going to take care of it. All you got to do is be obedient to do what he's called you to do and allow him to take care of the rest of you. Believe it. Say amen. Stop renting faith and own it. God wants to take you from a renter's mentality to an owner's mentality. So I told y'all around seven years ago, me and my wife, we purchased a home. And it was truly a miracle of God. Yeah, man, give me some keys, man. I need to sound real spiritual. Yeah, man, don't fade out on me. I'm just set the ambiance. Clear my palate. Yeah, so, <laughs> serious, okay. So, seven years ago, we, we, bought a, we bought a place, but I almost thought it wasn't gonna happen. Living on, living on rented faith at that moment in my life. And uh, I'll be honest, my credit was in the 500s back then. It was bad. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's, it's like I was, I, was, I was ducking creditors like they couldn't catch me. <laughs> just like getting cars, not paying stuff. Just, it's not that I, I, I didn't know what to do. I just wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. But that child changed me. As I said, I got I to gotta leave something to my wife. I gotta, if I'm dead tomorrow, what do I leave my wife and my daughter? Bad credit? Bills? That's what I'm gonna leave them? That's what I'm gonna do. You pride yourself on being a man, you leaving your family with a mess. That's what you do? Fellas, handle your business. Handle your business. Said, nah, not my family. Nope, not while I'm here. And I'm gonna put in the work to fix it. And I remember we had found a house and we were excited about it. My credit was still kind of crazy. I was like, Lord Jesus, I don't know. And I never forget, it was, it was 8.30 in the morning and it was a Wednesday. And I got a call from my direct lender while I was sitting in my office. Had the door closed, pastor at, at the time, I was a youth pastor at the time. I was sitting in my office, my direct lender, he called me, he said, Terrence, um, I know we tried to work the numbers and we thought we can get you this house, but this, this thing just ain't gonna happen. He's like, the numbers ain't, ain't making no sense. And we just can't make it work. I'm so sorry. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So I hung up the phone. I was upset. And my mother, she, she actually worked in the same place as me at the time. And I don't know where she came from. She's like the Holy Spirit, man. She just popped up. She knocked on my door. I said, Terry? She's from Trinidad, so that's how she talked. I said, yeah, mom. She, she said, what's wrong? She knew something was wrong. Your mamas know there's something wrong with their kids. I said, what's wrong? I said, mom, I was like so dramatic. I was like, it's over. Dream is done. Can't get this house. Ah, you know. <laughs> mom looked dead at me. She said, boy, just pray. And she walked out. She told me to pray. She didn't pray with me. Mama pray with everybody. She ain't pray with me. I said, boy, just pray. And she walked out. Now, that made me more mad, if I could be honest. I was like, could you give me a, give me a prayer in this moment? And uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. So I called, I, 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 I called my wife. I was like, girl, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And I was apologizing. I was like, my trash credit got us here, man. This ain't your fault. It's my fault. And um, hung up the phone. A few minutes later, she texted me a verse uh, from the devotional she was reading that, that morning. And I read it. I'll be honest, I can't even tell you what the verse was. I can't remember. She texted it to me. It's gone now. But um, I read it, and something just welled up in my spirit in the moment. And I was like, 
I start praying all in prayer. Like, you know the prayers you pray when you're real mad at God? Like, God, why you bring me this far? Like, why you even give me hope if it ain't supposed to happen? You let all this stuff happen. You started making it look like you was part in the Red Sea, and then you closed that joint on me at the last minute. Like, some of y'all, like, y'all be, like, too chill in your prayers to God. Like, Lord, please let this happen. Me and God be going at it. I'm like, really, God? Like, for real? This what we doing today? That's how we talk. This what we doing? You brought me this far, gave me this hope, made me feel like I was going to be able to leave something to my family, and now you just snatch it from me? That's what we doing. She sent me that verse. Something welled up in my spirit. Some fight welled up in me. Some intestinal fortitude. I was like, nah. This, we ain't going out like this. The Wilsons ain't going out like this. And I called my wife. I said, girl, we got to pray. Let's start to pray. And we prayed. And we prayed. And we prayed. And as we began to pray, I start saying these words. I said, this is our house in the name of Jesus. This is our house. Nothing's going to take this from us. Say, God, we need this. You know we need this. This is our house in the name of I just started to declare it. I stopped asking God for a house. I started telling him this was our house. I stopped asking because I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I was like, this is our house. In Jesus' name, we went on. It was probably like 15 minutes we was going at it. We were both crying on the, I mean, it was, I was crying on mine. She was crying on it. We were just praying and believing. I said, all right, girl, that's it. It's done. Don't even worry about it. I got it. Hung up the phone. One minute later, my direct lender called me back. He said, Terrence, I don't know what happened. He said, in the last 20 minutes, we checked your credit score again, it jumped up 30 points, and I can't even tell you why. I said, I said, I'll tell you why. But before I tell you why, just go get me my house. And I hung up the phone. Then I did something real crazy. I jumped in my car. <laughs> I drove over to that house. And I'm an old Pentecostal boy, so, man, I carry oil with me wherever I go. I ain't no dudes with Jordans carrying around oil, yeah. I took some oil, I always keep it on me. And I put it on my finger and I went to that house with that for sale sign on it. I took the oil on my finger and I touched the keyhole of the door. I said, God, you're the key to this house in Jesus' name. I drove back to my office. I sat in peace for the rest of the day. Can I tell you, two weeks later, we closed on that house. No delay, no issues, no problems. But here was the best part. When I'm sitting at the signing table with my wife, my direct lender comes into the room and I don't know him to be a man of faith at all, but literally this is what he said. He walked in with a champagne bottle in one hand and the other hand was raised in the air. He said, praise God, Mr. Wilson, the hand of God was on your file. I said, amen. I already told you that's my house and because my daddy said it's mine, I receive it in the name of Jesus. But here's the beautiful thing about going from renting to owning faith. Because when you own faith, you know that you know that you know with everything in your heart that there is nothing that you can't have in the name of Jesus. When you own faith, you talk differently. You confess differently. You pray differently. When you rent faith, you say, God, please let us get this house. When you own faith, you say, this is my house in the name of Jesus. When you rent faith, you say, God, please keep me safe. When you own faith, you say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. When you rent faith, you say, God, please help
help me figure out my purpose. When you own faith, you say, I am God's workmanship. I am God's masterpiece created to do good works in Christ Jesus. When you rent faith, you say, God, please give me strength. When you own faith, you say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you rent faith, you say, God, please heal me. When you own faith, you say, by his stripes, I am healed. If you believe it, say amen. In order for you to take ownership over your life, it's going to require you to move from where you are to where you want to be in Christ Jesus. Moving's not going to feel good. It's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to terrify you. But when you move from renting to owning, you are not only a part of the beautiful legacy of Christ Jesus. God loves you so much, he gives you a legacy of your own. What will be your legacy of faith? Will you continue to live a life of rented faith? Or will you own it in Jesus' name? I don't stand here today as a man that thinks he's better than anybody. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. If God can save me, he can save anybody. If God can take me from a renter's mentality to an owner's mentality, he could do it for anybody. I don't deserve to stand here and hold this microphone but by the grace of God. The only reason I'm here is because he purposed me to be here. It's the legacy that he wanted me to leave on this earth. What legacy does he want you to leave? I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you come from. But you've been renting faith for too long. It's time to own it. And the only way to own it, you gotta, you gotta stop with, God, please, and start saying, in the name of Jesus. Jesus is what gives you ownership over faith. Not a good word from a pastor, not a special worship song. It is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And no man gets to the Father except through him. But the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, he is raised from the dead, not only are you saved, but there's a legacy in eternity that he allows you to grab a hold of because you put all of your faith in him, in him alone. With every head bowed, every eye closed. My call is simple and my call is clear. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Today's the day of salvation. Maybe you have, but after today's sermon, you realize Pastor, I've only been renting faith. I haven't really owned it. And today I want to own my faith in Jesus. I want to own it once and for all. No turning back. I want the full legacy he has for me. You can only do it as Jesus Christ, if he's your Lord and Savior. That's it. I'm not trying to teach you about this, the, the, the way to live a, a prosperous life or the way. Listen, none of it means anything without Jesus. You need Jesus in order to live a life of faith. If you've never accepted him or you have, but today you want to fully own it, take ownership of it, be proud of it and leave a legacy of faith. If that's you on the count of three, whether you're here online, I want you to raise your hand. Don't wait for somebody else. You do what you got to do in Jesus name. One, two, three, hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Yeah, I see you. 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 Yep, yep, yep. I see you too. I said all those you's so that you know that you're not alone. If your hands up, do me a favor. It's time to move. You got to move from where you are to where you want to be. Jesus says it like this. If you deny me in front of 
man, I will deny you in front of my father. I don't want Jesus to deny me because I had rented faith. I want to know that he owns me and I own him because I was willing to show the world what I believed and I wasn't scared about it. The only difference between where you want to be and where you are today is you moving. You say, why are you making me come down, Pastor? It's scary, it's scary, it's weird. Because I need you to physically and practically do something with your body that represents what's happening with your spirit. So many people want change, but they don't want to do anything. It's not how the kingdom of heaven works. You got to do something. You got to move. If your hand was up, or if you want to come down here on the count of three, I want you to come. One, two, three. Come now. Come now. Don't wait. Come on. Your hand was up. Come. I see you. Yep. Come. 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 Don't wait. You want something different? Do something different. You want something different? Do something different. You want something different? Do something different. Come. Come to the center. Come. I'm so proud of each and every one of you, but I know what heaven's doing right now. They're cheering because they're proud. Yeah, still people coming. That's okay. God, God's been waiting your whole life on you. Cool church, we're a family, man, so you never really have to do anything alone. Man, praise God. If you're still sitting out there and you're like, oh, I want to go, but like, oh, it's hard. It's hard to move. It is hard to move on your own. But we're a family. So I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, if you really want to go down, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, just grab them by the hand and walk them down. It's all right, man. No shit. I've taken this walk so many times, I can't even count. So right now, just look at your neighbor ask, I just want to make sure everybody's good with God before we get out of here. See, look, I know. It's always more. Uh-huh. Yep. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure y'all crowd in a little bit so folks can get in. I see you. Yep. I love it. I love it. Praise God. Praise God. Proud of you. If you're out in the audience, reach towards your family. If you're up here, maybe you want to reach up. Say why? Fully surrender. You want something different? Do something different. I want everybody in this room or online to repeat after me. Because like I said, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he was raised from the dead, you're going to be saved. Confess and believe. And no, listen to me. Nobody can take that salvation away from you. Don't believe the lie. When Jesus saves you, he changes you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter who you are. He loves you and wants to leave you with a legacy of love. I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I've, sinned. I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, not proud of it. but I admit it. Today, Today, I lay my sin down. My sin down. Take, it, I pray. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I, it anymore. I reach to heaven, reach to, heaven to, receive your to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. Of my sin. I, ask I ask that you would accept me and to your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey. Carol City, I got hands. If you made that decision, I'm so proud of you. But um, I want to give you something. It's a fam tube. There's a Bible in here, like a WWJD brace and a letter from me and Pastor Joe. I want to make sure you get that. Um, but also, um, I'm going to have you talk to some folks. You don't have to talk to them if you don't want to, but if you need prayer or if you need somebody to explain what just happened, 
I don't like when people make a decision for salvation and nobody can talk them through what just happened. So if you need clarification, we got a team that can help with that. We ain't scared of your questions because God ain't scared of your questions. Amen? Y'all see that sign? It says, welcome to the family. Look behind you. You got nothing but family behind you. And here's what I know. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but the Bible says that when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. I can't show you. I can help you hear what it sounds like. So on the count of three, we about to cheer louder than I cheered the other night when the Heat made the Eastern Conference Finals. Because that is what heaven is doing for you right now. So on the count of three, y'all going to walk that way. They're going to take you right outside. It's going to be simple. And y'all going to cheer for them. Y'all ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know how God loves them. Let them know they're special. Let them know they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let them know. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.